completely within our control. We're living through the single biggest culture shift of our time. This is the time for us to just really take charge. That's what revolutions do. They enable the impossible. All right, Mark, so thanks for doing this. Um, you, you, you mentioned how you said to your... Your revels are jacked. We're, we're good. I can fix it after. Yeah. I got a <laughs> really? guy. I got a guy. Really? Yeah. Huh. We're, we're in a good spot. Um, I heard you say... You said that you sit, call up your producer and you say, I have no idea what the hell I'm going to talk to you about. Uh, it's kind of how I feel right now. We're gonna, we'll hang out for a little bit. Um, ever think you'd be here speaking at a marketing software, <laughs> software conference? No, I, I, I don't... You, you know, everything that I... Whatever I am, it, it, it happens sort of without a plan and without really, you know, the idea of even making money. So whatever is appealing about me in this context, I've had to sort of retrofit onto my process. Like, you know, there were steps that were taken, but they were, were not a plan. They, right. were, they, they happened because they evolved, yeah. you know. So here's what I think is really interesting about you is you are... You're a comedian, you know. Now you, you've built this massive audience. We're at a marketing conference. Everybody talks about you know marketing and hacking growth and all this stuff. And you, you're a guy that's like, I've just built something awesome. Like, why? If you had to rewind back and say why, why your podcast, for example, has grown to be this massive thing, you, you're not like out there trying to. You're not, you're not consciously trying to market. You, you guys don't do a ton of promotion. It just kind of happened. Yeah. What, what, what does that come from? I don't know. You, you know, it, it, if you're lucky and you have a certain amount of talent and you keep your shit together, you know, you're afforded opportunities. And, and sometimes things time out well. And I, I think that, you know, that medium and, and what I do with it or how I approach the mic, um, I enjoy it. But I think with, there was a certain amount of cosmic timing involved. I think that... You, with, you, with radio and podcasting or like... Well, that and also that because of the... The, the initial viral success of my show, which was minor league viral stuff, it was just, you know, people were coming to it, that the, my growth as a podcaster sort of grew simultaneously to podcasting. Well, yeah, you started in 2009, and so I feel yeah. like probably your core audience in the beginning was very, very passionate. Like, these are people who, like, it was hard to figure out what even a podcast was. Yeah, it's in still hard to get it. I just think that, you know, as, you know, as people came into my podcast, that they were coming into the medium as well. So, you know, and I'm very aware of that and aware of the growth potential of the medium and, and how we want it to keep growing. And, and yeah. at the beginning, the podcasting community was very supportive of each other. And we were all aware of, of, of the medium being small. And it just sort of, I, I, got, I had pretty good timing this time. So you, you live and breathe this every day, basically. What, I read a stat that was like, you know, we're talking about podcasting, you're doing it, I've done it. Only 20% of Americans are still listening or have listened to a podcast so far. What do you think gets that, this, this group of people? How do we get podcasts out to the masses? Like, is it a technology thing? Is it just... Um, I just think eventually the whole thing will shift. You, you, you know, it's, there's this weird period where people are like, what? And then like 10 years later, they're like, yeah, I guess that's what it is. Like, they, you, you know, something has to be made easier. So everything will be on demand. Like, there's no, you don't make a It seems like it. It's sort of sad that that's the truth because, like, I like live stuff. But, but there will always be, I think, live radio of some kind because 
people need to know what what the weather's like and whether there's traffic at the thing. Well, we're here in Boston. People need something to bitch about every day on sports talk or radio. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh yeah, there's that too. Live uh, shit talk. Yeah, all all day. Yeah. How do you how do you get yourself up to do this every week? Because even me, I don't interview people nearly as famous as as the people you're talking to. But some days it's like, man, I, I love doing this, but like. Uh, I gotta, you know, this is you gotta get yourself up to do this for an hour and and to prep and like. Well, I do, you know, I freak out, but you like have days where you're like, I don't want to do this, like. Yeah, yeah, a lot, but but the thing is, is like a lot of it just is that's how I manifest fear. So, so whatever the idea I have about why I don't want to do it, I'm too tired to do this, that. It's like it's nervous to meet somebody for the first time, and especially if you respect them or or even if you don't know enough about them, whatever your insecurities are. You know, you're going to freak out however you're going to do it. And, and usually it's not saying, like, I'm a little apprehensive about interviewing so-and-so because I feel like I don't know enough about them. Usually I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, but once I get in, it's just sort of like, oh, I'm talking. We're in it. I'm listening. Do you do any prep? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get a sense of who they are or what I, I like. I like to get some historical background. And if somebody's done a lot in their life, I want to make sure I'm aware of it. So I don't disrespect them somehow. But generally, a lot of the prep doesn't doesn't necessarily reveal itself in the conversation. But I need to have a sense of like, you know, like I like as efficiently as I can know where someone grew up, you know, like how many kids in their family, you know, like I, I just like that stuff. I like placing people in an environment as children. Right. <laughs> And I mean, it's just you have people that you've never met before. You have them on the podcast. Most of them, like your 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 best friends. And you ever I just stay open. You get somebody that you're trying to interview, and they're just giving you short answers and not not really. Yeah, that's hard. In. It's hard because it happened more when people didn't really know the show, and they were expecting to be interviewed. There's there hasn't been that many, but there are some people where it's hard to get a conversation started because I sort of rely on that. Right. And 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 I just keep pressing on. You got to get like people like Jason Siegel, for example, just have a million stories, and so your job is you're just facilitating a conversation. And well, you just want to connect with the person and and just you know kind of follow the conversation. Yeah, like questions are harder for me to to write them down and well, just to do them. You know, to have that stilted kind of thing where you you go, all right, so so what was the first uh, movie? And they're like, ah, bah, bah, bah. and you're like, Second okay, movie. and and you were with so and so, yeah, that was good. Okay, and then you know it just becomes this weird effort. What about what about the comedic side of things? Like, what's the behind the scenes process for you as a comedian? I've always wondered this. We saw you were here today. Aziz was here this morning. Do you like? Set that was funnier, th- right? You were funnier, of course. I mean, the whole walk, your strut up to the right, up good. down the aisle. It was good. It's good. It's different. I wasn't funnier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was that was great. Yeah, take that. Uh, his name's Harry. Yeah. Um, so, do you like make it a point? If, if you if funny things happen, do you like write them in your phone, write them down in a notebook, or, or do you just think of the stuff as it happens? Most of my material is, yeah, I do take notes, uh, sometimes more so than others, but most of it is evolves on stage. I go up with something I want to talk about, and then through repetition and moving through it more, it the, everything I do on stage evolves on stage. So it starts off like, I, I'm going to talk about this. You work up the courage or the, the the compulsion to talk about it, and then if it gets a little laugh, you're like, all right, that's uh, that, that's rich, and then it just grows. Some some jokes, some bits I have, have haven't finished themselves for years. Like they're funny enough, but then all of a sudden, like three years into a bit, you don't do bits that long anymore. You used to, 
but then all of a sudden there'll be a new thing or a new piece to it where you can take a piece from that thing and put it in this thing and everything gets reinvigorated. But it, it all evolves on stage for me. I'm not a big joke writer. How, how, do you te- how do you test that? Like, you got an idea. You go on stage and you do it. <laughs> that sucks. That'd be terrifying. But now with the podcast, a lot of times I talk stream of consciousness and, like, I'll come up with things thinking out loud and I'll think, like, I didn't try that. So I'll try it on stage, too, and then build it out on stage. It's a difference between just talking and performing a piece. But a lot of stuff that I talk about, some of it starts in those thinking out loud segments yeah. that some people listen to at the beginning of the podcast. So I don't want to ask this question because every, it's what everyone asks you. I don't want to ask about the Obama interview. Can you just tell the story about they actually reached out to you guys? Yeah. And... Are you, like, just driving to work and you, you pull up your email and you see an email? Driving says, to work in my backyard? Oh, you know You're walking I mean. to work. Um, driving around, getting a coffee, doing whatever? Well, no, there was conversations. You, you know, these things happen. They reach out to my producer, and, and it was an idea that a staffer had and thought it would be interesting. And I, you know, when I first heard it, I'm like, well, that's, that would be amazing. I don't think that's going to happen. It just seemed ridiculous. But then as the conversations continued and became clear that it was going to happen, it was, um, it was still pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy right up until the week or so before when it was like the, the Secret Service needs to be at your house to, to figure things out. And I'm like, I still, I still have a hard time really believing it. That he was in your house. He didn't even come in the house. He, he came to the garage and then left. But, but just the idea that, you know, that it happened. I mean, the reason it, it's sort of unbelievable to me is that, like, I still, I kind of, he was just a guy, you know. And most people turn out to be just people. And, you know, whatever you have in your mind about somebody, it was nice that he was that. You, you know, that right away it was sort of like, oh, I can, this is he's the president, but he's just a, a guy with a, an insane job. Well, it's tough when you meet somebody and you're like, man, he wasn't what I thought he was going to be. That sucks. That, guy well, that happens dick. a lot, but sometimes it's for better than worse. And even if it's for worse, then you know at least. So uh, we'll wrap up. It's been a hell of a year. I think Slate said you did a uh, Louis C.K. interview was the best podcast of all time. You interview, interviewed Obama. Why don't you just hang it up? Just go hang out in the house. <laughs> what are you going to do this year? I don't know, you know, because, like, the, all, there's very few interviews that aren't really kind of interesting to me. I mean, Obama was very challenging because I had an hour and I had to cover some stuff. And it was different, a little different than what I usually do. But I think we connected well. But, you know, I interviewed Keith Richards a couple weeks, you know, a couple weeks ago that I haven't put it up yet. Fred Armisen went up today. I had Lake Bell on. Like, it, they're as interesting as conversations are. So I, I don't see, there's no, like, end. There's right. sort of no kind of, like, well, I, I, like it was I've never on everyone. my bucket list to interview the president. I didn't think that would happen. So it happened. Yeah. Now you, you just keep working. What, what are you going to do? How much outreach are you guys still doing, like you and your producer? Are you, you know, we got to have so-and-so on. Let, let's get him. Let's get her. Or I try to get people, but, you know, we do work with bookers now who pitch people. So, because I, I don't know exactly who I want to talk to. I mean, you do two a week. So, you know, people are presented to us. And I'm like, oh, that would be interesting. Like, oh, yeah, that guy. Okay. And then some people come out of the past where you're like, what's that guy been doing? I just interviewed John Mayall. That's crazy. So, well, we got a little picture. There we go. All right. Awesome. This is a good point for us to wrap. Mark Marion, yeah. thank you for doing it. Um, you look different than you do on iTunes, but I think it's, it's better. It's all the picture. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate it.